Hi, this is Nancy Darling. Welcome to the One Step to Life podcast, talk and tales for folks living with chronic pain and those who love them. Today's podcast is Biofeedback, Another Tool in Your Kit, written by Sean Burns, January 14th, 2021. This week's episode is Balancing Challenge and Support by Nancy Darling. First published March 15th, 2021. Yuri Brockenbrenner was one of the giants of 20th century developmental psychology. One of the founders of Head Start, Yuri had many favorite sayings about raising children. In addition to studying children for more than half a century, he also had five of his own. In addition, I've got to say, um, Yuri was a second father to me. He was my advisor in graduate school, and he taught me more about being a good human being as well as a wonderful parent than anyone I can imagine. One person who is crazy about you. One thing that fascinated Yuri was trying to understand, in all the multiplicity of ways that children are brought up all over the world, what helped kids to thrive. His conclusion was essentially love. Kids needed at least one person who was wildly, irrationally, and unconditionally crazy about them. Not because they were talented or successful, not because of how well they did in school, not even because they were charming or witty or easy, just because they were them. That unconditional positive regard, as psychologists call it formally, provides a solid foundation for growth. I think it's particularly important for kids who live with chronic pain and illness because they often struggle with so many facets of their lives, doing well in school or achieving in sports or the arts or even getting out of bed or doing chores or the kinds of things that others take completely for granted. Kids living with chronic illness need to feel loved when they hurt and they fail and they cry and they snap and get angry just because there are kids and because we love them. They need someone to be crazy about them. Balancing challenge and support. Yuri was born in Tsarist, Russia, immigrating to upstate New York as a young child. Because he spoke Russian fluently, he studied Soviet developmental psychology closely. He attributed a second basic principle of optimizing child development to Alexei Leontev. Children do best, he would say when they experienced an environment that balanced the maximum of challenge with the maximum of support. So what does that mean? Challenge is being pushed to do your best. According to Vygotsky, another great Soviet psychologist, growth happens in the zone of proximal development. That is, it happens in the area where you're struggling to succeed, the range of activities just beyond what you can do on your own. Think about it. If you're doing something you already know how to do, you're consolidating your skills, but you're not learning new ones. We learn when we struggle to go beyond what we can do on our own. When we work with others and get support, we can move beyond our current skills and start to build new ones. The zone of proximal development is that zone of what we can do when we have support. Providing scaffolding, sensitively providing enough support so the person can stretch themselves without quitting, is a real skill and one of the hardest for parents to develop. It's hard to know how much help to give them so they don't learn 
and how much is too little help, so they quit. Truth is, no one can do this perfectly all the time, but the more time we spend balancing challenge and support sensitively, the better our kids are going to do. Support. Sensitive support respects the child's autonomy and helps them grow, maybe even pushes them a little, while keeping them in that zone of proximal development for a greater percentage of the time. There's two types of support, emotional and instrumental. Emotional support helps others understand and process their emotions and lets them know you believe that those emotions are real. This involves mirroring emotions, expressing your understanding and sympathy so your child feels heard, nodding, reflecting back, I know you're really frustrated, and other similar behaviors makes it clear that you get what they're saying. And that's important because it means your child can focus on what they are feeling and how to deal with those feelings instead of dealing with both their feelings and with yours. So let's talk about co-rumination. Although it's important to communicate your understanding of what someone is feeling, dwelling and co-ruminating on negative emotions makes things worse. When we co-ruminate, we go over negative emotions and amplify them and their negative consequences over and over again, like a cow chewing its cud. That's why it's called co-rumination. Co-rumination is not helpful. What is helpful is helping people find perspective, helping them think clearly about what the issues are, and to help them think concretely about ways to improve their situation. Now, here, note that I said helping, not telling. Support helps someone else stand. It doesn't do it for them. They need to do it for themselves. Helping people process and understand what they're feeling can help them get some perspective on it. Sometimes just talking can help us see things better. So how do you get kids to talk? Everyone, particularly teens, feel freer to open up more when we listen rather than talk. They need to feel safe and unjudged. Remember that unconditional positive regard. Now, last week's podcast, um, I talked about listening, and it's an important skill. It's also important to quiet our own emotions, another previous podcast, particularly our upset and our distress, so that we can help them process their emotions. Now, second type of support is instrumental support. Instrumental support is actually providing help, doing things, packing med boxes, driving kids to school, setting up medical appointments. The instrumental needs of kids who are sick can sometimes feel endless. It is really, really easy to step in and do a lot for our kids when they're sick, sometimes more than they need. In other words, sometimes the support we provide can overwhelm the challenge. So it's really important to step back and to think, what can my kid do for themselves? They've got limited time and energy. So the next thing you need to think about, what is most important for them to do for themselves. So if you do something that's not that important for them, that may let them use their limited spoons, their limited energy to do something that is important for them, that is a challenge. Lastly, you need to think about what do they most want to do for themselves. Some things are important for them emotionally. Some things aren't. 
best way to figure out what's most important, what are their priorities, is to ask them. Now, all of these things are going to vary day by day. They're going to vary week by week. And I swear, sometimes they vary hour by hour. But balancing these challenges and these supports can help kids to feel they're making progress, to help them feel proud of what they're doing, to keep them learning and growing, and also to feel your love. It's a continuing challenge. Thank you for listening for this week. Please remember to sign up for our weekly newsletter on our blog site. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and check out our website at onesteptolife.com. That's number one, step number two, life.com. I also invite you to look at our app. You can find us on the App Store or on Google Play. Thanks for listening. Bye.